Alright, so I'm calling my message today, Five Key Behaviors as a Believer. And I want to use the word behaviors because this is a learned process as we go through and talk about this. And I drew this inspiration from my times as a truck driver so many years ago. I used to drive trucks for a living. And we had to go through, when you drive trucks, you always have to go through safety and training. And it was this one thing that was inspiring, it was called the Smith System of Safe Driving. And it's five key behaviors that you have to kind of go through and apply it. I thought that was pretty cool, these five key behaviors. I thought they were applicable in my personal life. And not even as a Christian, this, cause I, I learned these, I learned this, these five points, um, as a lost man. And I thought it had application to me as a personal, per, in my personal life. I also saw it in like a management style. You can use these five behaviors to kind of use and understand how to manage and work with others. But the real inspiration came when I was going through discipleship and I'm going to embarrass Jeff a little bit. Jeff was my discipler through D1 and he encouraged me to do a testimony for the men's breakfast. So we're talking a long time ago. Um, we had to move the, the men's breakfast here to the church. We used to meet at Pearl Street Cafe down in the square. Well, that got closed. We used to meet at Hardy's. Well, that was kind of not a really good spot to do a, a devotion in men's breakfast time. So we moved it back to the church. And Jeff encouraged me to go through and say, hey, Ray, you need to do, this. You need to do a devotion. So in his way, he actually said, Ray, you're doing a devotion. He didn't ask. No, no, it wasn't that bad. And so I go, okay, what can I do? And I did a devotion on the same thing. But this was me as a young believer in Christ. Not a babe, but a young believer. And I didn't quite understand what I did. So I, I initially flushed it out. And I come back to it, oh, was it now 14 years later. And I actually taught on this in the youth just recently. We're going to do a flyover. We're not going to do it at the devotion level, but we're not going to do it the five-week series that I did with the youth either. So i got to condense it in a short amount of time that we have together. So these are five key behaviors, and I'm going to just write them up here um, real quick, is get the big picture. The next one is aim high. Now, if I was doing this as a truck driving instructor, I would say aim high in steering. But I'm going to say just aim high. I'm going to say keep your eyes moving is the third one. Um, The next one is signal your intent. Make sure they see you. So I'll just put signal your intent. And then the last one is leave yourself an out. So those are the key points right there. So I want to start with the first one, get the big picture. Because there is a lot here. And one of the things that I've I've been learning, and this is the cool thing, is you never stop learning, is what is the big picture? What is God doing here? Does anyone know, since this is a teaching time? It's the theme of the Bible. You've heard of this. God is restoring His image in lost man. So we have to go back to the beginning. What happened here? So we see God in Genesis 1. So if you want to jump over there in Genesis 1.26. 
So we, we know about the creation and God's coming through um, inside of here. In, in verse tw- um, Genesis one twenty six, it says, "And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, re- and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So if we see back here in 26, it said, let us make man in our image. I want to key on one word right here, our. This is where a lot of cults and bad doctrine started right here. And I'm just going to come back and say our image. And we're talking about the Trinity. Even though the Trinity is not in the Bible, the concept is. We got God the Father, God the Son, and we got God the Holy Ghost. So we have all three of them there. So that's where we get the possessive pronoun our right there and allow us inside of here. So we can see here, God created this. But we also know what happened in Genesis 3. You know, as we go through there, Eve was beguiled and she blamed the devil and the serpent and said, hey, he tricked me into eating the, the fruit of the tree of life and of knowledge. And they took of it. So that's when we lost our, our image of God at that time. God had to separate Adam and Eve from himself because of that sin. Because God is perfect. So we have to understand that as a big picture is God is restoring us in his image. And I say us as lost people, we have to understand that as part of the big picture what's going on. And if you understand that as you read your Bible, it makes a little bit more sense. You know, we go through the hills and the valleys um, inside the Bible because there are some dark times inside the Bibles. Personally, right now, I'm reading in 2 Kings. And if you ever read 2 Kings or 1 Kings, there is a lot of judgment going on right there. You know, they did evil on the side of the Lord. And there was some good. I mean, so they set hills and valleys. So we have to understand that, you know, that, and we have to understand that sin nature. And we lost that in Genesis 3. To kind of be encouraging right here, a part of his plan is in Genesis 9-1. So if you want to jump over there, we're kind of hanging out in Genesis Genesis is a great study. Um, as I got into HBI, it took it took a whole year to study it, and we still just didn't. We could probably spend two or three years just studying Genesis because there's so much in here. That's a great book, and actually, all the books in the Bible are great. But that one, it really has a lot applicable um, inside of here. So we also kind of fast forward here. So we went from Adam and Eve getting ejected from the Garden of Eden because of their sin and God having to separate because of that sin. We lead up into Genesis 9. So in Genesis 6, we understand that God's going to pass judgment on the world at that time. And he's going to save Noah and his wife and his family inside of here. And that's what we see right here in, in Genesis 9.1. It says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto him, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. So there's nothing new here. God said to do this in Genesis 1. He's telling us here in Genesis 9, we have to do this. He's given a a clean slate for Noah and his family to go forward and continue what Adam and Eve were supposed to start with. So he's restoring this. And he's given another opportunity um, inside of here. (coughs) 
Excuse me. And then we have Genesis 12 too. Because there's something else happening um, as we go through here. And I love this. You might understand. You might hear this. Um, You hear the term Abrahamic covenant. The covenant that God made with Abraham. At this time, it's still Abram. Um, because Abram has not fully accepted what the Lord wanted him to do yet. So we see right here, we see a promise. And I'll start in verse um, 12.1 here. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land, and I'll show thee. And I'll make thee a great nation, I will bless thee, and I'll make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So he's making a promise. He's still fulfilling this. So this is after Noah and the Tower of Babel and everyone separated. Abram's still wandering in the in the world, you know, and God's still saying, Hey, I'm gonna take care of this. So we see him we see God is gonna restore man in his you know, in his lost image into God's so we get the big picture of this. So this is Old Testament. I'm going to jump over here. Actually, before we do that, we see the fulfillment of this coming to fruition in Malachi 4.2. So it's the last book in the Old Testament here, right before we get into Matthew. So they were having a tough time. So I'm kind of fast forwarding through the Bible, um, you know, getting the big picture of this. Um, we have a lot of sin and we have a lot of issues, but we've seen God progress and still try to have that relationship with everyone. But in Malachi 4 2, he says right here, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth, grow up as calves in the, of the stall. The Lord's coming. And he wants to restore this. He wants to have a relationship. So this is this is the prophecy. And if I recall correctly, it's 400 years before from this from this was recorded to Matthew. So there's there's a time frame before Jesus Christ comes on the scene. So we have the big picture here. And I'm going to go through here. I'm going to jump over to John. John's one of my favorite gospels. So I'm just kind of sharing that. And we see the same thing here in John that we saw in Genesis. And it's a it's a God's just reaffirming everything that he's going to do. So again, I'm going to jump over to John 1, 1. And it goes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. So you can see right there, this goes back to Genesis 1 inside of here. God did this, and he's still reaffirming this. So this is the big picture as we go through here. Um, I'll throw another one in here because I do love John. Um, John 14.6. It is probably a common verse. I don't want to butcher it. Um, it is a memory verse from discipleship. And he says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if ye have known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. So we get the big picture. God is establishing that relationship. He's trying to restore you know, his lost image in us, lost in man as a whole, inside of fear. As we continue on here, so that's getting the big picture. The next one is we've got to aim high. 
um, and like I said, if it was truck driving, be aim high and steering. What I'm talking about is, so we got the big picture, but we have to aim high and steering. We got to see what's going down the road, where we're going, what is our destination. And as believers, that's why I said there's five key behaviors as a believer. We have to know where we're going. Where are we going to spend eternity? Not where we're going to spend the next 20 minutes, next three hours, what I'm going to do next week or next month, but where are we aiming? So we got to aim down the road. And like I said, as a time as a truck driver, I would have to be aware of that because I'm driving a big truck, it does not stop on a dime. It takes a little bit of time to stop it. So I have to go over there, look at it. I have to make adjustments. Oh, I see a lot of brake lights ahead of me. I have to slow down and I have to compensate for that. So I have to aim high in here. We need to aim high with the Lord too. And again, this is the first memory verse. I was terrible as a discipler, being discipled about my memory verses. I have to be honest. I still struggle with memory verses. It takes a lot to go through and really do this. But I do want to hide thy, God's word in my heart. But the one I want to start with is of Colossians 3 2. So as we go through this, so we're aiming high here. In Colossians 3, 2, we want to set your affections on things above and not on things on this earth. We want to set our heart for the Lord as we go through here and do this. So we're getting a big picture and we're going to aim high in the steering. Another verse that we can come back to on this is Ephesians 2, 19 and 22. So just a couple books forward. So as we aim high um, inside of here, it says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus, is, Jesus Christ himself being a chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also build it together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So as you see that, God's trying to restore this, and he's doing it through his son. He's doing it through Jesus Christ. So we're aiming high in there so we can have that relationship. Um, I'm going to jump back over here. Um, Let's go over to John 3.16. Again, this is another one. This is mostly quoted, and you guys can probably rattle it off. Um, but John 3:16 and 17 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved so this is the thrust right here you know God's restoring our lost image right here in us and we got to aim high on this we have to be reminded of what his son is doing for us right here um, another one here. I'm going to jump over here to um, Leviticus 19. So I'm going to jump back to Old Testament for a second. So, um. So we have Leviticus 19:18. Make sure 
Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So that's what I want to get to right there is we got to love our neighbor as thyself. And we got to say this because the Lord has commanded that. So this is part of that restitution. We got to love each other as we aim high for the Lord here. All right, so the next one is keep your eyes moving. So we've gotten to get the big picture. We're being restored um, in God's image. We've got to aim high, so we've got to focus on God so we can be restored. We have to keep our eyes moving. We've got to be looking for those opportunities to share the gospel. You know, share your salvation um, as we go through here and do this. So we've got to look for those opportunities. So this is our opportunity um, part right here. So since we're still over here in the Old Testament, uh, not too far away is 1 Samuel. So let's go over to 1 Samuel. Um, 24. Actually, I'm probably not going to read that for time's sake, but 1 Samuel 24 covers um, the ability to go through and share um, our options right here. Um, as I go through and look at this, um, I'm going to go to Isaiah, um, since we're still, like I said, in the Old Testament right here. For time's sake, um, I'm going to go to Isaiah 29. And we want um, Isaiah 29:18. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. We've got to keep our eyes. You know, right there we're talking about being blind, and we're going to be able to see, and we're going to be able to see things out of obscurity. So we've got to keep our eyes moving for that opportunity. Um, another one that we can look at, um, New Testament. Let's go to Matthew 11:11:5. So we were aiming high, so we are kind of looking down the road. In 11.5, the blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. So we got to look for those opportunities inside of here. But it's not just our eyesight. We have our other senses that we want to use right here. We have our other senses. So you guys have heard this one. It's been uttered before. Uh, it's one that I like to use, um, especially for a minis- uh, uh, witnessing opportunity. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's in Hebrews 11. So Hebrews 11.1. 1. And a lot of people struggle with this. They they want to see it. They want to touch and feel God. Um, but we get a little bit more in depth right here. We can keep our eyes moving and understand what's going on. Now, the faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we see what faith is. So faith is, you know, hoped for, for by the, by the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds are framed by the word of God. So that things which were not made of, of the things which do appear. So we have that opportunity to see what's going on. And we don't have to actually physically touch it. It's not tangible. We can go through um, and understand it right there. Um, we'll come over here. I mean, you guys have probably heard this. Let's go over to Mark 4.12. 
you know, we're, we're talking about keeping our eyes moving. And in, in Mark 4.12, it says that seeing they may see and not perceive and hear, and they may hear and not understand. Thus, any time they should be converted and for their sins should be forgiven, should be forgiven them. So we have to look for those opportunities. We may not always understand what's going on, but we have that. Romans um, 10.17 is another one. Getting a little Bible exercise today before Pastor Brian preaches. So, all right. So we have Romans ten seventeen. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we have to keep our eyes. We have to keep our ears open. So it's using our senses for that opportunity to share the gospel. And then, actually, I'm going to share Philippians four eighteen. And we have here in Philippians 14, but I have a, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you in order of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. So we're using our senses. So we're using hearing. We're using faith, which we can't touch. We're using our eyes. We're using the sweet smell of what's been going through the gospel right there. So we have to look for that. The next one I want to talk about, and this one is a lot more involved right here, because there's two parts to this, is signal your intent. Um, Another part of this is going to make sure they see you. And the reason I want to say that together with that, because you want to signal your intent, you want to show the direction you're going, and you want to make sure people are seeing you, not for vain glory, but for you to see, hey, this is an example and we want to take that example and make it an end sample as we go through here, as, as we give our behavior as a believer. So we want to signal our intent. So the whole book of Ephesians 1 is a great example. And for time's sake, we're not going to go read the whole book of Ephesians 1. But Ephesians 4, um, 10 through 11. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. We have to be prepared to execute. We have to signal our intent. We're getting ready to execute, so we've got to be prepared um, to do this. And as we go through here, um, we have to kind of understand the hierarchy of some things. And he goes, and I gave him, and he gave some prophets, or excuse me, and he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and from and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in him all things which is the head, even Christ." from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual workings and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of, its, of itself in love. 
So it's getting there. It's because God loved us. So we, God's shown His intent with us by showing us the big picture. He loves us so much. So you can kind of see this is a progressive behavior inside of it. If we understand the big picture, we can start working on aiming high right here. And then while we're aiming, we have to keep our eyes moving right here. We've got to look for those opportunities. Well, we're ready to look for those opportunities. We're ready to execute right here. We're getting ready to go through and do this. So we have to make sure that they see what we're going to do here. And again, it's not because of vainglory, but because we have a ministry to go through and we have to execute for the Lord. Um, Again, right here in Ephesians, so we can jump over to Ephesians 5 and 15 and 16. Um, Right here, again, in verse 5 and 15, or 515, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Well, if we're lost and we're inside of here and God's trying to do this, we have a set amount of time we have to do this all in. Because you don't want to leave your turn signal on. You don't want to be that person driving down I-49 and you just left your turn signal on for the last three miles. You're showing that you want to get over, but you're still over in the left lane with your turn signal on. We don't want to waste our time like that because... Again, it's just it is just what it is. Wasting our time, we want to redeem our time together. Um, inside of here as well, we go over to Second Thessalonians. So again, we're going to hang out here, not too far over, just a couple pages. We went Second Thessalonians three, and then we're going to go through three and four. And he goes, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both do and will do the things which we command you. So we have to go through. We have to signal our intent. We have to be deliberate as we go through here. Then we have 1 Timothy 4. So just right over to the next one right here. Um, in verse um, 11 here. Um, 1 Timothy 4.11 says, These things command and teach. So we have to understand what we're doing right here because we have to do our. We have to be intentional about this. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers um, in the word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I give, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee which has given thee by prophecy, which the laying of, on of the hands of the presbytery. Medita- meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Uh, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So we have to be ready to go. We have to signal our intent. It's time to get ready to execute um, right here. And we have other verses um, as we kind of went through right here. But as we go through and look at this, again, I'm telling you, it's not self-serving about you know making sure they see you and signaling your intent. It's not about that. In fact, um, if we come over to Psalm 127, we can, can see a picture of that. Yeah. 
In Psalm 127, we're going to do all five verses here. It says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sheep. Lo, children are in the heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is a man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So we have a picture right there saying we don't want to do this in vain. Um, Psalm 93. So just a couple over there. Forward here. Again, another short psalm here. Um, the Lord reigneth, he is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world is also the world also established, and that cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old, thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voices. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are there are very sure holiness becometh thy house O Lord forever so we have that opportunity to make sure we're not doing this in vain and then um, Psalm 119 um, Psalm 119 129 so as we signal our intent we got to make sure they see us. We have to give ourselves our testimonies. The testimonies are part of this. This is how we're going to use this as a witnessing tool. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. We have to give a testimony. So this is a great thing, and you'll hear this preached at our church. You can't lose your salvation. You can't lose your salvation. Make sure you understand that inside of here. But we can give a bad testimony. I'm saved, and I still struggle. But as I drive down the highway, as I'm driving into work, I still have a part of me that gets a little aggressive. And it's it's a fight. It is a real battle. And someone drives even worse than I do. And there are plenty of them. You want to show them they're number one. I can't do that. I can't give them that testimony. In fact, I've gotten better. It's taken a long time. I'm not perfect, and my wife will testify to this. I'm not perfect at it. I still struggle. In fact, she's there as my help me going, Ray, remember. But, you know, we have to be able to give a testimony. We can't, we don't want to have that opportunity. It's like yesterday we were heading up to a wedding, and I have to kind of share this. That we, I watched this guy up down 435. We're heading up north, and this guy is taking up all four lanes. He's just not paying attention. And I was like, I just want to get around him. Because he was not going to speed limit. He was going less than the speed limit, but he was taking up all four lanes. And, you know, I'm just sitting there going, I just got to get around him. And he almost took us out on the way up there. It, it was scary. And Brianna had to sit there and go, Ray, don't. <laughs> And it's like, just let it go. And so what we did is I did have to let it go. And I was just like, I just got to get away from this guy. So I sped up 
and got around him and said, okay, just let him go. And he's still swerving in all four lanes. Um, he's trying to multitask. He was talking on his phone. He was arguing with his lady in the car. It was a mess. And so I didn't want to give a bad testimony by just start yelling, honking the horn and getting all mean. We have to give a good testimony. Um, and driving is actually probably one of the better places I, I'm working on inside of here. So we talk about making sure they can see you, so we have to give a good testimony, but we have to still evangelize. We are called to do this. <clears throat> so let's go back over to First Thessalonians. I'm telling you, it was an exercise in Bible working where everything's at today. So we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians 4.11. So as we go prepare to evangelize, make sure they can see us and signal our intent that we study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. So we have to be prepared to go through here. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, it says, you are all the children of, ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So we have to remember this. You know we're dealing with people that are in a dark spot. We have to be that light. We have to be prepared to evangelize. I'm inside of here. Um, along that lines, because we want to signal our intent, we use turn signals, we use headlights, we use brake lights to signal our intent. Along with that same concept, we we got to be the light. So I'm going to go ahead, we'll start with Genesis. So we'll go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis 1. And this is the greatness of our of God right here. In Genesis 1-3, he said, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God signaled, Hey, there's going to be some light here. We, you know, and there it is. Um, we can come down to um, in Genesis 1-14-18. We see a little bit more of this. And we see God establishing light, um, more light. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be the signs and for seasons for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. So being a light is good. And if you think about it, if we get out here, I know it's kind of been miserable here lately. We don't see the sun right now. We're in that weird weather pattern. We get clouds, thunderstorms, fog. But when that sun comes out and you're outside, especially in a spring morning, and you're outside, it just beats down upon you. It warms you up. You ever get that passive feeling with the light, just being outside in it, just feel that warmth? That's what God's done right here. He's signaling his intent. He wants that warmth for you to share with others inside of here. I'm going to jump back over here to Psalms. So again, right back inside of here. So Psalm 27. And 
Psalm 27, 1, And the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is signaling his intent. He's our salvation right here. He is the light as we go forward here. Psalm 119, 105 shares something very similar to this. You guys have heard this one as well. Um, right here, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. So that's Psalm 119, that's 105. The word is a lamp. The word. This word. But we've also seen in John 1, 1, God is the word. Jesus Christ is the word. So we have the word as a light unto us. And it gives us a path. Because we are on a journey as we go through all this. And in Matthew 5.16 gives us another example right there. Matthew 5.16 Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're signaling our tent. We have to let our light shine. I can't show someone the number one going down the interstate anymore. I can't do that. So we have to signal our intent right here. I'm kind of wrapping up here. Um, we're going to leave yourself an out. And I don't have a lot of scripture on this one. I do have one. But I want to say leave yourself an out. As we go forward with this, what is our out? We have to do discipleship. We got to train up the next generation to go through here as our as our out because we don't know where we're going to be called next. You know, I'm I'm finishing up HBI this year. And this is one of my prayers is what's next, Lord? What am I going to do next in my steps here? You've trained me up. What am I supposed to do? And right now my answer is the Lord's saying, Ray, just sit right where you're at. But there's other opportunities going to come down. I have to disciple in the sound booth so others can come over and take care of it and I can go minister in a more another capacity. That's discipleship. That's what we're going to continue to go right here. My great example of this, and I love Timothy. So I'm going to go over to 2 Timothy. And it's a great example because that was probably the last one of the last letters that Paul wrote. As he set Timothy in motion, he discipled Timothy, he discipled Titus. But in 2 Timothy, in chapter 4 here, and Paul realizes this, there's a transition going on. And it's natural. We have that transition here, so we can't be fearful about it. So he's encouraging Timothy as he finishes up the, the second Timothy in chapter four. I actually I'm gonna read part of it um, and kind of see where he's going. So he's getting ready to hand off. He's charging Timothy, hey, you're ready. That's encouraging. God's saying you're ready. You gotta do these five behaviors now. And he goes, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap on, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. That's a testimony of our society today right now, if you look at that. And then they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. 
But watch with all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not only to me, but unto all all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. We have to leave yourselves an exit. We are going to to give, the journey is going to come to an end. You know, sadly for Mark, it was his mother that just, her, her journey came to an end. And she ran her race. But now she's glorified in the body. You know, in, 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 a, in a spiritual body. See, she's absent from the body, but present with the Lord. She had an out, and she's up there, but she's ran her course. So we do have to stop at some point. We do have a limited amount of time. But we have to disciple. It's discipleship. You hear Pastor Brian. We just got done our vision conference. It's answering the call. If you answer the call, you need to use these steps. And we got to talk about, you know, answering the call. There was many different parts of that. And so we have these five key behaviors as a believer that we need to help use with this. Um, the last one, this is my go-to verse. This is why I minister. This is why I keep on doing everything. I say it every time I'm about going to Monmouth. Some people are tired of hearing it, but I will always say it. And it's in my mind. It's the Great Commission. So over in Matthew 28... Verses. Actually, I'll start in verse 18 and we'll go through to 20. Um, so Matthew 18 or 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That's comforting. As I go through and use these five behaviors, I want to get the big picture. I have to understand what's going on. And we just saw that being fulfilled here as well. I got to aim high. I got to keep my focus on the Lord. If I don't keep my focus on the Lord, then it's in vain. It's not, it's for my own glorification, not the Lord's. I got to keep my eyes moving. I got to look for those opportunities. Who am I going to go through? You know, one of the things I've been convicted of is when I'm out there pumping gas at Quick Trip and a person pulls up to me. I'm not evangelizing to them. And something I'm doing is like, so I'm looking at a different approach. I'm just going to ask them, hey, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? i got to keep my eyes moving for those opportunities. I have to signal my intent. i got to let my bright eyes, you know, i got I to go through here. If they want to reject me, that's okay. My day's not ruined. I can signal my intent. I can still be that light for others to see right there. So it can happen. I mean, I have to go to Quick Trip twice a week to fill up. So I can still let my light shine. I can signal my intent. And it's right there at the gas pumps. And then i got to leave myself out. If they don't want to, that's okay. I'll still pray for them. And I'm going to go about my business. I'm going to continue on. And this is a cycle. So this is what's cool about this is it's a behavior and it's a cycle. And each one builds into the other. It is a continuous process. So I'm really excited about sharing this. Again, I had to learn this as a truck driver and share that with everyone else and, and apply it um, in my life. So with that, is there any questions? Anything? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm going to hung up on the word.
Godhead. Okay. I have to teach on that today, so I really <laughs> All right, well, that's a nice thing. I searched in the Bible for that word. I was like, it's not there. You can't find it. Godhead is the biblical terminology. Yeah, it's like rapture. Rapture is not in the Bible as well, but caught up is the concept. You're welcome. Any other questions? I want to thank you guys for your time and letting share this. There's a lot more of this. Um, I wasn't sure about the time frame in all this. Um, like I said, I, I spent five weeks doing this with the youth and a little bit more involved with it. But again, I had to be instant. I had to be in season. I had to be out of season to do this when Jeff made the call. So I just want to say thank you guys for your time. Okay. All right, just. Uh,